Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nuke. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 73. Yeah, sorry, I, I, I was actually thinking, is it really 73? It is really 73. I think this every week, though. Every and I'm always, week. I mean, I'm always surprised, and it's a legitimate <laughs> surprise. It's not an affectation of going... Have we read on 73? Last week you were going, you're 72, and I thought it would have stuck in your memory. That's how I remembered, because you were so shocked by 72. (laughs) I'm I'm shocked again. And the inevitability of death. 73, and it's probably fine. A week is a long time to remember things. (laughs) A week is a long time in podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) How are you, Nick? I'm all right, bumbling along, generally being horrible to people. (laughs) (laughs) I arrived today. Nick was in, shall we say, a mood. mood. (laughs) I was in a a less than jolly mood. (laughs) Normally you can laugh it off, and there were points where I went, do I need to leave? (laughs) It's getting very unpleasant now. <laughs> it's getting upsetting. But, but it's all good now. <laughs> it's all good now, now that there are witnesses on Yeah, air. absolutely. Now yes. I have to be nice because it's like being published or whatever. What, any poisonings this week? Uh, no. No, it's, it's surprisingly. Been a, it's, yeah, <laughs> who would have thunk it? It's been a long stretch of very unexciting weeks. So some poisoning would liven things up for you. Would that well, lift think, your mood? Or well, I it... don't know. Depends who it was, I suppose. Yeah, I guess so. So Did... if it was me, then it probably wouldn't. Right? Uh, anyone <laughs> else, literally. <laughs> well, it'll break things up a bit. Well, speaking of passing the time by poisoning people, I think it's time for us to thank our lovely, delicious Patreon subscribers. Oh, yes, indeed. You are very marvellous. So the first person we have to thank this week is Ben Haddison. Thank you very much for joining us. <laughs> we have another patron this week who's joined us with uh, the name in Chinese characters. Unfortunately, I my Chinese is limited so it turns out it turns out i know everyone seems to think i'm an expert in mandarin but actually not thank you very much but unfortunately we are not even going to attempt to pronounce your name but thank we you don't want to get it wrong thank you to Kristen gunn to rebecca bayok to alex and joy and christiana pestana good name yes. sexy sexy name sexy patreon subscribers we love you thank you so much and also a good time to join with our exciting q a episode that went out yes just a day ago 
by the time this comes out, it'll be a few days ago. It was just a few days ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, to celebrate one year on Patreon and to thank all of our lovely, lovely subscribers, we did a massive Q&A episode. We thought it was shorter. It it went on as we got drunker. It was great fun. You can see how we're really getting involved in the questions the more Negronis we drink. We started off really getting in-depth about questions about biscuits. Who would play us in films and documentaries? And And then we went to 30 minutes of gone. We have so many more questions. And then the end is just a series of grunts. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great episode. Thank you to everyone who sent in questions. And if you want to know more about us, and if you want to get more episodes from the Poisoner's Cabinet, make sure that you come and find us on Patreon. If you haven't already, come and find us on social media as well. On Instagram, that's where we're most prevalent, shall we say. And also mm. on Facebook and Twitter. Well, Nick. Hello. Are you ready? Hmm. To drink cocktails and talk about poison. It's probably about time. Or we could drink poison and talk about cocktails. No, I want a cocktail. Yeah, you want a cocktail? I want a cocktail. It's well, mid- we should... midweek cocktail time. Yay! We should probably go with the first one then. Yes. So we're going to go with the first one. Hooray, hooray, hooray! It is Nick's story this week, but we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell that will flavour our cocktail of the week. With Nick's choice of story comes Nick's choice of ingredient. Yeah. And this week... You chose... I chose an actual ingredient. An actual ingredient it was. Who'd have thunk it? I chose eggs. 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 Now, this is good. We have used eggs in cocktails before, but it's never been an ingredient. No, indeed. Yes, we had to use them via the chicken previously. Yes, that settled Um, the argument of which came first. Through the medium of chicken chip. (laughs) Medium Um, of chicken chip? What? I don't know. (laughs) I'm making up words. I've had a very large gin. (laughs) I think that's a great way of describing how chickens arrive through the medium of chicken chip chicken via chip. the prophet hen. <laughs> Absolutely. If only these were actual profity eggs. Oh, um, then we wouldn't want to use them in cocktails. We'd want to grow them into more profit hens and sell them. <laughs> but it's not one of those. It's just a normal egg. It's just a normal, a normal <laughs> it's a, egg. It's a normal, everyday, non-profity egg. Oh, can you imagine if it was like an Easter egg, actually? That would be great. <gasps> oh, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Didn't so, think of that. Serve a cocktail. Could have had a big egg. chocolate thing. Yeah. Oh. Ooh, ooh. I have seen them done before, completely off topic, at Christmas and at Easter and things like that. You get like hollow Father Christmases and yes. Easter bunnies and things oh, stuff like that. Oh, Easter bunnies, like the boots and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, you get like yeah, boots yeah. and things and they're hollow chocolate and you sort of like chop the top off and make a cocktail in that. Oh. I've seen those. There's like, an advert. Uh, Bailey's that, and that Yeah, there's an advert gubbins. for that though, where they take the, the lint or the, the yeah. boot or something like that and then they fill it with Bailey's and cream and those people are living their best lives. Absolutely. And then they drink it while sitting sobbing on the sofa about, why did he leave me? <laughs> but I'd just be trying to eat the, cho- eat the chocolate as well, just munching through <laughs> just like Bailey's going, ah. <laughs> Would not be an attractive prospect. It's like your equivalent of gorging on a piece of meat or something for a fresh kill in the woods, but <laughs> the you're on a sofa. The chocolate boot full of Bailey's. <laughs> And it's your hunter-gatherer skills. That's a bit sad. I kind of want one of those now, but I fear we shall not have that. Or just... maybe a Christmas. You never know what Father Christmas brings you. Aww. Okay, with egg then as the ingredient, what have you come up with? Well, 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 well. 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 This week we have a, an all-encompassing cocktail. It, it, it is multifaceted. So multi-appropriate for the episode, I'm the story I'm going to tell you. Oh, this um, is good. We did that last week accidentally with Burke and Hare. Oh, indeed. Accidental appropriateness. Ac- accidental appropriateness. <laughs> now I'm going for fully intentional appropriateness this Yay. week. So we are having a Black Forest Sour. Oh my God. 
I love the sound of that. Sounds exciting. I'm, I'm sorry, intrigued. I've lost my breath almost. Like, <laughs> okay, Black Forest Gatto is like my favourite cake. It's my favourite cake ever. If it's, mm. Can we just have that? <laughs> just have a big cake. Yes, and some Baileys on the side. If Yay. I now go out and get you a Jaffa cake. Don't start on this again. <laughs> this came up on the q and I'm not having it. A Jaffa cake is not a cake. Because if it's you went around someone's house and they said, would you like a lovely bit of cake? And they brought you a Jaffa cake, you'd throw stuff. Yeah. You'd knock shit over. I'm sorry. Not sure that's how Have a lovely slice of Jaffa works. cake, why don't you? No, but anyway, moving, moving on, on, moving, moving on, on Black Forest, Black rage. Forest Sour though, oh, that that is making me happy thinking of all the flavours could be in there. Wow. Uh, oh, in Black Forest, so, oh, maybe that's mm-hmm. a hint of where we are this, this week. We'll find out soon enough. Well, I think without further ado, I'm excited to taste this. It's time for us to go into the poisonous cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm, so we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. A black forest sour, Nick. Yeah, <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh, I'm excited. I feel like we're yeah. going to be transported to a world of fairy tales and goblins and cake. And cake. Men the cake. Men the cake. Oh, I love the cake. I love the cake. Men, I love the cake. <laughs> this looks... I, I'm intrigued by this. This looks yeah. pretty cool. So we don't often have drinks served in a nice tumbler. And these are very beautiful tumblers, Nick. But the drink, okay, it's uh, is reassuringly brown. The brownish hue. With a big foamy head. You never go wrong with a big foamy head, I find. No, I don't... In many ways. With the egg as the ingredient. Yes. And black forestiness. Yes. I'm going to go with that the egg was egg white to give this a lovely mouthfeel. <laughs> that would be an appropriate guess, I feel. And just the egg whites, none the egg yolk. Just the egg whites. Yay! Well, I, I, you know, I so considered doing some sort of flip. Um, <laughs> cocktails with whole eggs in. We have done one before. Well, with I the... did a video of me drinking a prairie oyster. Yes, but we also did the death flip. We did do the death flip. The video we of the did. death oh, flip. Bloody hell. Um, a long, long, long time, time ago. But no, this is pure... Egg white. Egg white. So the rest of it, I don't know. I see I see a lemon peel at the top, maybe a hint of lemon is in <laughs> hint here. Of lemon. I think it's time to dive in yep, and have a absolutely. taste. All right then. Let's so okay, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Ooh, Ooh. I like that a lot. Ooh, fruity. Oh yes. Surprisingly Ooh. fruity. Oh yes. Yes, Nick. Yes. Oh, I'm happy. <laughs> oh, I'm doing the arm thing again. You I are keep doing, the arm doing thing. this weird sailor elbows kind of waving thing when I'm happy. I don't know why. So it's Sinead Popeye. Oh no no. Maybe it's because I know it's called Black Forest and maybe when you list the ingredients none of this will line up. But I'm getting the lemon, but a hint of cherry, a hint of darkness, mm, something rich in there, but with the sourness and the fruit. Oh, no, oh, no, the mouthfeel. Mm, 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 that's mm. good. That's really good. <laughs> Nick, you need to tell me everything that's in it right now. Okay. And we need to drink nine more of these. <laughs> I don't think I've been this excited about a cocktail no, for a very it's long been, time. It's been a while. I'm, I'm pleased. I'm very I really am. Oh, that's yeah. so good. We've had a run of... Fairly mediocre, okay-ish. To be fair, I think there's been some really, really good ones in here that have been more your cup of tea. This is true. Not, not necessarily to my palate, but they've not been bad. So, but this is like, there's something about this. I'm glad we this. found one for you at long last. <laughs> Demanding <laughs> bitch that I am. Well, this is true. Yes. All right, well, so talk us through it, it, Nick. So, yes, yeah, so Black Forest Sour. Any sour has egg whites. Yeah. That's characteristic of a sour cocktail. The base on this is Jägermeister. What is Jaeger? Another German-themed thing. So Black Forest Jaeger. Oh, German, um, German, German. Then we have cherry brandy. As you rightly said, we've got a bit of a cherry hint. A cherry brandy? Cherry wow. brandy. Yeah, okay. not a maraschino this time. Maraschino is a bit lighter. Yeah. Uh, this has got a bit more oomph to it. And there's actually only a very tiny amount. Lemon juice. Interesting, we've got pineapple. It's a, it's a small amount. It's a very, very small amount of pineapple. But there's pineapple juice going oh in there. Oh, my God. Um, and a bit of sugar syrup. But, I, but 
also those all those things balloon. combined make a damn good drink. That is delicious. All there is I to cannot it. fault that. If you told me that list of ingredients, I before I drunk it, I would have gone no way. Nope. No, that's going to be a bit weird. So Jägermeister. I personally don't mind a Jägermeister, but I very much don't mind it. It's quite strong. It's great for a cold. But as we've said before, all can be everything else that we've tried that's in that. Was it the Amaro? The, yeah, sort of Amaro. Sort of, Amaro uh, field sort of is quite quite overpowering usually. I can't tell there's Jaeger in there. Certainly not to the overpowering point. Cherry brandy, a little bit of a sweeter, yeah, heavier, as you said, compared to maraschino. Mm-hmm. The pineapple. The Jaeger is in is by far the, the largest quantity in there. You've got a shot and a third. An ounce, mm. an ounce and a third of Jaeger in there. Oh, okay. Cherry brandy, you're looking at a third, a third of an ounce. Oh. Pineapple is a third of an ounce. So you've got really small quantities of other things that sort of dial back yeah. the overpoweringness of the Jaeger and just add in a bit of undertone loveliness genius but it's very clever it's really 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 well done who made this i actually believe this is one created by simon difford of difford's guide cocktail barman in his own right i wouldn't be surprised because that balance Mm. perfectly you would never know any of those ingredients are in there you get hints Mm. of them but you probably couldn't tell them apart because it just makes the most sublime extra delicious flavor you've played a blinder on that one nick (laughs) and and all credit to you nick for knowing how to mix as well and really (laughs) adhering to the you know when we make a gin and tonic it's just every you know every man for himself egg whites we've said it before if you haven't tried an egg white in a cocktail and you go whoa what a horrible idea you're not drinking a whole egg yolk don't panic yeah absolutely egg whites just give it a lovely mouthfeel it really is worth it. it really elevates a cocktail if you've ever had a whiskey sour you know what i mean just get all the velvety smoothness that comes with an egg white thank you whoever made the black forest sour i need to get all of that ingredients now and have them in my house and i don't have any of it I don't have cherry brandy. I don't have Jaeger. And I rarely have pineapple in the house. You will now. I will now. What a resounding success. So with our Black Forest Sours firmly in hand, I am delighted. I'm settled in. I would like a story, Nick. Okay. Okay. So would I. The Black Forest of Hawaii. Are are you not familiar with the Black Forest of Hawaii? I do know the Black Forest of Hawaii, where they do Jaeger shots all day and night. No, indeed, we are going to Germany. Yeah. We're going to Germany for this week's adventure. We're going to 1920s Germany. Delicious. Now, say in Berlin, culture and art is thriving. Marlena Dietrich is being discovered on stage somewhere. Bertolt Brecht is writing three penny opera and many delightful plays. <laughs> Sally Bowles is singing in cabaret as she we is. speak. But we are not in Berlin. We are not in oh. this thriving, cosmopolitan, lovely, splendid place. Oh, bugger. We are in the small, isolated, tiny, <laughs> out-of-the-way little town of Kaifek. About 50 miles outside Munich. Oh, okay. In the south of the country, in Bavaria. And here things are very, very different. Life has not changed much in the past sort of 100 years or so. It's still a very, very rural community. So none of the singing and dancing and fanciness that they, you're getting in Berlin at this point. But not fancy singing and dancing, just they're still singing and dancing. They're still singing and dancing, absolutely. But it's more around a pig. Um, <laughs> as one does in rural traditions, I'm led to believe. Did I ever tell you the story where I went to see randomly a European, I think they were German, folk band, and they did this whole, now we all sing the song about bean soup. Bean soup. And we all had to sing it together and they go, and I'm not even kidding, that was it. They they acknowledged that it was gobbledygook, it wasn't even in German, but it was just bean soup. So hopefully they were singing that. Yeah, they they sing that every night in the barn. Um, <laughs> they, they sing about their bean soup and bean their... Soup. 
and their bean tea. Um, <laughs> drink bean tea. Drink, with they us. drink bean tea. <laughs> but just outside this remote, isolated village lies the farmstead of Hinterkaifeck, which literally <gasps> translates as behind Kaifeck. Sinead has had some sort of episode, and I think she knows where we're going with this story. Yes, because you just said the name of it. Oh my god, we're doing the story. I've heard of this, I don't know all of the story. I looked at it and went, I must do that story, but I didn't delve into the research, so actually I'm blank. I am happy. But Hinter Kaifek, say, literally translates as behind Kaifek, behind the village of Kaifek. The farm is surrounded by thick woods. It's not the sort of place you just sort of stumble across. You have to have a reason to go there, and not many people did. The farm is home of the Gruber family. Uh, there's Andreas and his wife, Casilla, their 35-year-old daughter, Victoria, um, and her two children, seven-year-old daughter, also named Casilla, um, and a two-year-old son, Joseph. I've never heard the name Casilla. Casilla. I could be pronouncing it very wrongly. There were umlauts and things that I don't know how to pronounce. So it could be pronounced uh, something lovely, and you're just so, going yeah. very as close to Godzilla as you could possibly yeah, go. <laughs> exactly. As well as the family, there's also a maid there named Maria mm. Baumgartner. Now, the family is known for keeping themselves to themselves. They don't socialise too much with the other villagers. The only contact they really have is perhaps on a church on a Sunday or when they need to conduct a business farm, going to buy provisions and such like. Or to drink the bean. Or to drink the the bean bean tea and sing the bean song, which no one can get out of. No. But it is still a relatively close-knit community, despite people wanting to isolate themselves. And people do look out for each other. So, when on the 1st of April, 1922, young Kazilla misses a day of school, without any warning no one has written in or gone to say oh she's ill she won't be at school Mm. people thought it a bit odd further still when none of the family turn up at church that sunday that's a bit strange it's not like the gloobers to miss church taint right taint right at all finally when the girl yet again misses school the following week on the monday and the postmaster happens to mention that the mail is starting to pile up no one's been to collect the post for a few days people think we know they like their privacy, but we probably really should go and take a look. Yes. See and uh, make sure just everything, make, make sure everything is okay. Make sure everything's okay and if they're not there, steal their stuff. And steal all their stuff. So on April the 4th, the Monday, the family's neighbour, or the, na- the neighbouring farm, a chap called Lorenz Schittlimbauer, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, sent his sons, uh, Johann and Joseph, to see if they could make contact with, with anyone at the farm. Yeah. Just touch base, see what's going on. <laughs> I love the uh, way you're using really kind of like, make contact, touch base, just say hello. Yeah, just like, like wave through the window and go, hello! <laughs> but obviously in German. Uh, hello! <laughs> <laughs> the two boys come back not long after saying there's no one inside. They are rapping on the door, no one answers, but there is smoke coming out of the chimney. What? So there's smoke rising from the chimney. Okay, um, right. So the fires are lit, the, the stove is lit. Um, they think, well, perhaps they were asleep or perhaps they're unwell but no one has come to the door and there is no signs of life around the farm apart from the farm animals which seem entirely happy and farm yeah. animal like happy as pigs and shit happy, yes. happy as, as pigs and all those sort of farm animals doing farm animal things so but the smoke raises more questions really it is well it's clear that someone is there well yeah so they may be ignoring them but so it's it isn't right it's weird it's, it's, weird. it's, weird. it's weird it's weird so it's, yeah, it's clear someone's around the family haven't just like oh we're going on holiday bye and just didn't tell anyone they haven't just left a, a, some bean tea yeah. on the stove <laughs> they haven't just left or gone somewhere no. because they wouldn't have lit fires and things perhaps they were seriously ill and couldn't get to the door, in which case they needed help. Um, perhaps they were injured again, so they couldn't get to the door or even call out for help. So mm. something was awry. 
and something needed further investigation. So Lorenz himself, he gathers a few of his the fellow chaps around the village and make their way back out to the Hinterkaifeck farm to investigate more fully good idea to bring people bring some chums bring some bring some back up yeah, with you, you just in case on, you yeah, don't know yeah. what's going on perhaps they really are all ill and need help or they hands. might need a few more pairs of hands they just okay. don't know what's going on what happens, what happens, what happens, but what happens. they are not at all prepared for what they do find oh god the main farmhouse is in silence all the doors and windows are, are locked and bolted they search the rest of the the farmstead and they notice the door to the one of the barns is lying open. Inside the barn, the men find four brutally battered bodies covered with hay. The search party instantly recognise the bodies of Andreas and Kazilla Gruber, their daughter Victoria oh. and granddaughter Kazilla. Oh. Four of them lying dead covered in hay the men then spread out from the farm looking for they know two-year-old joseph and the maid is there they're there somewhere so they go well, where the hell are these these other two and they they go searching they force their way inside to the house um, and inside they do discover the bodies of joseph and the maid maria baumgartner Bloody hell. the whole family has been slaughtered now instantly they they run back to the village and mm. try and raise the alarm they go to the mm. postmaster he's able to send a telegram to the nearest police officers who are in munich and they are able to send inspector jorg reingruber and his colleagues from the munich police department they are swiftly dispatched to see what the hell is going on in kaifek mm. um many many murders this is not right at all they need to investigate to see what's happening Absolutely. they arrive the same day though by the time they do arrive most evidence has been trampled over oh. uh, by the hordes of villagers who have come through to gorp and see what's going on and can we help what's going on in there oh look oh look he's dead poke 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 his body <laughs> crucial in the early stages of a crime scene ah. the more people who come in that that's evidence uh, absolutely ruining. walking over stuff touching people like moving over trying to see if they're alive and yes. just wandering around oh let's put a sheet over them let's do all of this the, absolutely destroying evidence the bodies have been moved around oh, and no. sort of posed most likely all with the the best the best intentions, intentions absolutely, absolutely. Best intentions. give them some dignity give them some dignity make sure they are actually dead and make sure they're decent and covered and things oh, like that oh. um one woman had even made themselves a meal in the kitchen for the people there and when was cooking eggs when the police arrived oh eggs right <laughs> right what the hell is oh, well these people who were there trying to do the best for their village for their fellow villagers making sure they were comfortable so she had to rustle up some some something to eat for the for the men who were making sure everything was as it should be and to be fair this is a community that is not used to murder well, absolutely I mean, most yeah. people aren't used quite, to murder quite we've we all now have seen enough netflix documentaries to say don't do don't fucking do anything any of that but, but back in the day even back in a, you, you know, only a few years ago everyone's like oh we'll, we'll just use the we'll kitchen. just tidy we'll just tidy up she was a bit of a bitch went in there and got their eggs <laughs> she just had her eye on those eggs from the start i don't know what the, the rest of her bag was filled with like provisions <laughs> and things i don't know she's <laughs> making eggs and also crepe suzette over there like i'm just taking all their grand marnier for drinking their jaeger. Uh, dinner yeah, got jaeger. <laughs> their jaeger Look, i'm gonna take these six sheep because i'm just taking them <laughs> perhaps she was making black forest sours for all <laughs> Please let so that we'll, we'll the toast the Gruber family with a Black Forest sour. I didn't even know these people, honestly. <laughs> so the police are eventually able to sort of usher these well wishers out of the door and com- 
go through whatever investigations and gather whatever evidence they can. The, the day after the discovery of the bodies, a, a court physician, Dr. Johann Baptiste Amula, is summoned to the village to perform an autopsy. And he actually carries out the autopsy in the barn where they were discovered. Nowhere else to do it. It's a small village. They don't have, like, a meeting house practical place to do it. So that's that's what he does. Not the cleanest place. Not the cleanest place, but you're not worried about germs and such, like, when they're already dead. No, there's just dust everywhere. There's just, just dust and a lot of animals gonna... looking on going, oh, look at that. That's <laughs> <laughs> so what horses do and things. The pathologist is there going, that, that horse is really distracting me. There's yeah, a horse looking over his shoulder going, oh, I would have done that. <laughs> the cow comes up and just nudges her head going, look this way, look this way. <laughs> there's a pig getting really, really interested in all of this unnecessarily so. <laughs> it was the pig! <laughs> It is established, though, that the family had been dead for several days, and that a mattock was the most likely murder weapon. Now, a mattock... Sorry. Why is that funny? Because I, I do need to know what a mattock is, yes. because the first thought in my head was like, that's a type of animal. It's not. No, it's I was not. like, they were beaten to death by a weasel. Please tell me what a mattock so is. So a mattock is, it's like a pickaxe, but rather than, pickaxe has two pointy heads, a mattock has one flat blade-like end, which is used for like cutting through dirt and, and soil and stuff like that, and the oh. other side is pickaxey. Okay. So you've got one sharp flat edge and one pointy pickaxey edge, and that's a mattock. Good to know. Handy gardening tips here. But I believe that this is the most likely murder weapon. Although the weapon itself is not found at the scene. Now, after his he has completed his examinations, the doctor reports back to the authorities on what he has discovered. And he paints a rather horrifying picture of the injuries that the family had suffered. So I am going to go through his what he describes. So this it does get a bit unpleasant. So Trigger warning. So yes, so if you don't like the gory bits, then skip a minute or so. Skip uh, until we're going <laughs> la 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 la. The elder Kazila shows signs of strangulation and had received seven blows to the head, um, which had cracked her skull wide open and her brain had been exposed. Okay. The face of her husband, Andreas, was, was caked in blood and his nose and cheekbones had been smashed in and his cheekbones were protruding through the skin of his face. Oh, God. Not, not nice at all. Victoria's skull showed nine star-shaped wounds on the right side of her face um, and she had been hit with a blunt object. The younger Kazilla, oh. seven years old, oh, her lower jaw had been shattered. And her face and neck covered in gaping wounds. Now, it is likely that Kazilla, Andreas and Victoria died instantly from their the initial assault. The first blow wiped them out and the rest was brutal overkill delivered by blows from the magic. However, the autopsy found that the younger Kazilla rem- had remained alive, likely remained alive and probably in shock for several hours after her attack. They found clumps of her hair clenched in her own fists where she had ripped her own hair out while lying in the hay okay i did say this was going to get grim so i apologize inside the farmhouse little joseph and the maid maria baumgartner had met a similar fate maria was killed by blows to the head while lying in bed joseph two years old was killed by a heavy blow to the face in his crib like the bodies in the farm who had been covered with hay the two in the house had also been covered up maria with her bedsheets and joseph with one of his mother's dresses what covered why remorse uh, about what they had done potentially could not 
stomach to look at what they the it person had feel, committed. Yeah, ritualistic, well, not ritualistic, but sort of this this frenzy, and then trying yeah. to repair. Oh god, oh, we'll come back. So that's this. that's the end of the grim bit. So la 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 la, skipping and loving and jumping and happiness. Except. Except. Except in a final, rather macabre twist, the skulls of the victims are removed from the bodies and sent to Munich. What? Uh, where they are to undergo further, more detailed examination for any clues or evidence that can be found in the head. And the headless Gruber family are buried in the local church. Jesus. <laughs> so they take their heads? They take their heads. They take the skull, which is where most of the damage has been inflicted. Yeah, um, so you can go under sort of microscope. So, and they send it, yeah, because this is a person. Yeah, exactly. This is a person, doctor, doing this stuff in a barn. So he sure. he is removing the head, which has had, the, yeah, so the most damage, and sending them to Munich, where there are proper hospitals and more experienced people yeah. who might be able to glean more information from this. So there was a reason for doing yeah, absolutely. it. Absolutely. Rather than just, oh, let's cut off their heads. It's fun. Um, <laughs> but then the headless bodies. But then bodies. they didn't they didn't wait for the heads to come back they just said well let's just bury them so they're now the, the headless bodies buried in the churchyard it's quite chilling i don't like that yeah which is a bit, it's a bit unpleasant really that it's is a... i mean we talk a lot about people all the folklore about oh you must be buried whole well and absolutely buried, and we're like oh people say that and now we're just like no I, they're, they're definitely yeah, they probably should heads be. this was catholic they did the best that they could wow now, police surmised from the, the reports from the pathologist that the members of the family had been drawn out to the barn one at a time and attacked. Most likely first the grandfather, Andreas. Now, he was probably being alerted perhaps by the cries of the animals, some commotion in the barn that he had to go out and investigate. He was bludgeoned and, and attacked. Perhaps then his wife went looking for him. He, had, he was mm. gone some time and his wife went looking for him. She was the next to wander into the barn. She was blitz attacked as well and killed finally uh, Victoria who took her daughter with her to try and find her parents find Andreas and Kazilla went to the barn and they, they both met their fate as well leaving the young lad and the maid asleep in the house entirely unprotected police actually carried out an, an experiment later where if you were in the house you could not hear screams or cries from the barn because of the distance so even if yeah. Andreas had been shouting and stuff like that, they he would not have been heard um, in the house. Well, that's not a fun experiment. So, yeah. <laughs> but a worthwhile experiment to carry out. Yeah. It's either that they were they went out there trying to investigate or they were brought out there one by one. Potentially so. There was, there was no signs of a struggle story. really in the house of oh. people being brought out against their will. It does seem that they were lured out somehow to meet their fate the police sent out a call looking for anyone who may have been in the area may have seen anything in the past few days and to that actual surprise despite the relatively isolated location that a few people came forward on the 1st of april that friday which was the first day that kazilla the young kazilla had been absent from school two coffee sellers hans skorowski and edward shorowski had arrived at the farm for a pre-arranged meeting but they thought it odd when no one responded to the knocks on the door and the window there was smoke coming from the chimney but they assume well perhaps old andreas he's been called away urgently or something like that they they put a note through the door saying so sorry we missed you we'll call back next week and they left 
they also discovered that on the morning of the 4th of April, the, the Monday, the day the bodies had been discovered, an engineer, a chap called Albert Hofner, turned up at Hinterkaifeck to repair some equipment. Now, this had been, again, a long-established um, appointment. He was expected, but when no one answered the doors or his calls, he thought, well, he knew where everything was. He had been there before to repair farm equipment and such like, and he just got on with his job. Oh, God. Um, he, he was there to repair the food grinder. The, the engine yeah. to ground the vegetables and stuff yeah. for, for for animal feed. Four and a half hours later, he was done with his repairs. Still hadn't been able to get any response from from the house. So he said, well, I'll pop the, the bill in the post to them and I'll see them next month. And he Jesus. too left. Obviously, at this point, entirely unknowing that probably in the building next to where he was working in the well, barn, they all lay dead. What is clear from the, the accounts that they found was that the family had been missing since the 1st of April. But there were still signs of life around the farm. The farm animals had been taken care of and fed. Yeah. The house had been used. The farm had been lit the kitchen pretty much had been cleaned out of stores though that could have been egg woman um (laughs) 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 but they thought probably not so the conclusion that they drew was the killer had been living in the house for those four days the killer had been looking after the animals the killer had been lighting the fire staying in the house eating the food what that is Oh, that's some next level creepy, creepy, <laughs> creepy, creepy shit. Oh, I guess worse. Okay. Or, or better, depending on your point of view. Yay! I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The police first suspect that the motive of this to be robbery, yeah. um, or perhaps wandering vagrants or something like that. It is known that the Grubers are relatively well off. They don't spend their money on much. They don't go socialising mm. down the pub and things, or tavern. But when they find Andreas's cash in the house and other items of worth and that, that have been left sitting 
mm. out in the open. Mm. Um, that theory is quickly abandoned. No one would just leave that stuff lying around if they were there to rob the place. This was obviously a personal and targeted attack, especially considering the brutality and the viciousness of the attacks. This wasn't just a kill them, get some stuff and, and scarper. On investigation, they found that the, ma- the maid Maria had actually only started with the family on the 31st of March, the day before she had been killed. Oh, okay. Her sister had accompanied her to the farm to get her settled in and left that afternoon, and she was probably the last person to have seen the family and her sister alive. The police questioned the former maid, and while she is, of course, shocked and horrified by the vicious murders of her previous employer, apparently she is not that surprised. The house is haunted, she says. (laughs) The house is haunted by an evil, evil spirit. When pressed slightly further on the hauntings... I like it that they pressed her further. We're going to need more than that. We're going to need more than the house is haunted. Then she said, the house is haunted. They stand up. It's haunted. It's haunted. Case closed. Shut it down. 100%. There are witches. Yeah. She reveals that is actually... That is why she left the job six months previous. That she felt so uncomfortable in the house. There were strange noises from the attic and she had the uneasy feeling of being watched she thought said food seemed to go missing well at least no one had owned up to eating it there were footsteps in the night that woke other members of the family not just her but when the house was searched nothing was found rats with big heavy boots (laughs) the police are not entirely convinced that ghosts are responsible but one guy said let's Uh, not rule it out yeah but the problem is the the only alternative is actually more disturbing yeah that someone had been living in the house unseen for six months yeah i think i would prefer ghosts to be honest much although all the neighbors knew of the the maid's claims of hauntings but like the gloober family they laughed it off as an overactive imagination and silly rural superstitions but some did report that andreas gruber had revealed some strange goings on that he had noticed around the farm as well Mm. apparently on one occasion he had found a munich newspaper in the house he hadn't bought it he didn't subscribe to it nor had anyone else in the house he initially figured well maybe it had been delivered by mistake it was meant for one of his neighbors but the postman dropped it by mistake but no none of his neighbors claimed it how the hell did this newspaper get in the house another time early in the morning as he was setting about his farm chores he discovered a set of footprints leading from the forest to the farmstead it had snowed that night so couldn't have been left from a previous night they were fresh and pristine in unmarked snow and they led towards one of the farm outbuildings Mm. but when he went to have a look nothing seemed out of the ordinary the tracks just ended he had told his neighbour, Lorenz Schittlenbauer, that he was the chap who discovered the bodies yes. in the first place. Andreas had revealed what he had discovered. And Lorenz actually offered one of his guns for protection. So we'll just take this just in case something yeah. is awry. Andreas refused to accept the, the firearm wow. and said, no, it's all... It's a rather rational explanation for all of it. Nothing's going on. I don't want your gun in the house. Interesting. There is still no clear motive for murder. But... During their investigations into the lives of the Globers, police do start to unearth a few unsettling truths about the family. Oh, no. In 1914, so a few years prior, an accusation had been made against Andreas Gruber and his daughter Victoria that they had been involved in an incestuous relationship. Oh, okay. And that there was apparently enough evidence for this that the case ended up in court. Now, at the time, in 1914, Victoria was pregnant with daughter Casilla and also married 
to a chap called Carl Gabriel. Now, during questioning at the time in 1914, she is absolutely adamant that nothing is going on with her and her father. Nothing has happened. Carl is the father of her child, not her father, as someone has made these accusations. But... Like so many young Germans, Karl has been sent off to the front lines. 1914, start of World War One. He has been enlisted and he is gone. He has gone off to war, leaving his pregnant wife at home. Some others said, though, that the reason Karl had actually volunteered for service was that he had discovered his wife's and father-in-law's relationship and he had to get away. He, had, oh. he, he was so horrified by what he had discovered that he volunteered for military service as a reason to escape. It's a bit convenient. It's a bit convenient. These were gossipy rumours. Yeah. No, he only enlisted because he found because out Because he this found out this horrifying truth rumor. sort of thing. That well, his child, what he his thought child was his was child, his, was actually his father-in-law's child, which would yeah. be a, a frightening thing to think. Whatever the truth was, the court thought they had enough proof. And Andreas and Victoria were both found guilty of wow. the charge. And they both served time in prison. Now, Andreas served a year in jail. And some reports say Victoria also served a year. Some reports say that she served one month. So we're not sure. But they both served time in jail for incest. incest. These goings-on were a hushed-up secret around town. People knew, but it wasn't. It's not the sort of thing you talk about, really. No. It's probably one of the reasons why the family kept to themselves. They perhaps they probably weren't overly liked around town. Maybe if they were, they yes. were these rumours and carryings on, goings on. Also, if you want to have an ancestral relationship, you do it in the secret. You in do. The you don't. Yes, exactly. You don't publicise it or talk yes. about it in the pub. Not that I would know. Well, no. One would imagine. Not. One would imagine. Now, Carl, the husband, was actually killed in action during the war. But this only led to even more rumours. Victoria's husband was dead. Then who is the father of the son Joseph, who was born in 1920? Yeah. Suspicion uh, of the whole thing eventually settles on several men connected to the family. Suspect number one. Suspect Lorenz Schittlenbauer, the nosy neighbour. Really? Oh, the neighbour? Okay. Now, gossip around town says that Lorenz and Victoria had been in a relationship. Okay. 1918, 1919 sort of time. And that Lorenz had in fact claimed to be Joseph's father. They mm. planned to get married um, and were deeply in love until Andreas, the father, interfered and refused to let Victoria leave. He would not wed his daughter to anyone and their relationship ended. Eventually, Lorenz did marry someone else. And though he and his wife had a child, the baby unfortunately died a few weeks after, oh. after birth. Now, the police theorised that Lorenz had been so traumatised by the death of his child that he went after the man who had stopped him marrying the woman he loved, Victoria. Yeah. Stopped him being the father to the child that he believed was, was his. And while the police believed that Andreas was the main target of his rage and his, his attack, perhaps he had no choice but to kill everyone to stop them identifying him. He had lured Andreas out and he mm. committed his murder. And then Casilla, the, the wife, came out looking yeah, for a husband and, and finds him in the act. What does spirals, he do? He has yeah. to... Uh, and then Victoria it, it, and the daughter mm. come out and they're like, oh, what do I do now? And he 
So, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's sort of that's where the the story unravels somewhat. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Now, he kills his beloved and his child. Yes, uh, after being motivated to kill someone because he can't the, be with them, uh, and because uh, of the uh, death of the child, he goes on to kill his own child. His own child. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, please question Lorenz extensively, but they are unable to conclusively place him at the crime scene, and their reasoning does indeed seem sketchy at best and rather circumstantial. Yeah. He is released and he maintains his innocence for the rest of his life. Of course there are some people who believe that he did it and he is forced to protest his innocence at many opportunities or many occasions. Suspect number two, Carl Gabriel, the dead husband. Oh, okay. With Lorenz eliminated from the investigations, police considered Victoria's husband, Carl Gabriel. Maybe he hadn't been killed in the war after all, but was alive and well. They theorised that he had come back from the war, wanting revenge on the family that he thought had betrayed him. Yeah. The theory did not last long. No. Um, however, as they soon discovered that he had definitely been killed um, yeah. <laughs> in yeah. France almost a decade earlier during an artillery attack on the front lines. Oh, Many of his fellow soldiers had swore that they saw him get hit directly. <laughs> Having he- to recount that to them, going, are you sure he didn't sneak away? His head and his arms and his leg were blown well, off. His- Please stop making us tell this His story. body was never recovered. Mainly because yeah. it was probably in 4,000 pieces. 4, pieces. But the testimony of the soldiers is enough to convince investigators that, okay, fine, this might not be the right line of inquiry. Though it did crop up again after the Second World War, when German prisoners of war claimed to have seen Carl Gabriel alive and well and wearing a Soviet Russian the, uniform. What? No, they didn't. <laughs> no, they didn't. I think you're probably unlikely. Suspects. Number three, three, Andreas or Victoria Gruber. Oh, another theory floated at the time was that murder suicide was that Andreas or Victoria Gruber themselves had slaughtered the entire family and turned the mattock on themselves. No, for the, <laughs> the the case for Andreas was that well he was obviously he was not a nice man he was abusing his daughter they were in this incestuous relationship rumor said that he and his wife had several other children as well uh, but none apart from Victoria had survived into adulthood as a result of entirely common high infant mortality rates at the time perhaps that they had fled um, as soon as they were able to yeah. or if it was by a violent hand by Andreas we will, we will yeah. never know perhaps they, they reason that perhaps his ang- anger just exploded out at some point and he, he yeah. did away with his entire family I'd, I'd come back to Andreas I don't love that explanation of it perhaps it was Victoria she How herself she ma- had herself suffered horrendous abuse at the hands of her father her mother was obviously complicit or otherwise unable to intervene and help her daughter her father had prevented any escape he had refused to let her marry lorenz the man that she loved perhaps she had indeed simply had enough and in a rage took her revenge on everyone now despite the police getting very creative with their theories it, it did take a doctor to point out that it was very difficult to pickaxe yourself in the face <laughs> yeah that, um, <laughs> <laughs> i was with you actually that i mean point. this sounds great this sounds so this convincing so good. And, and you couldn't blame her for that and like oh my god there was just this frenzy and she'd taken care of her hope you can't pickaxe yourself in the face it's very 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 tricky. yes the the wounds were obviously not self-inflicted murder no. suicide was off the table 
It's amazing that there are quite a few cases where clearly someone has been murdered, several wounds have been inflicted, and the police for a long time go with, no, could we just get an expert in to show how you could repeatedly (laughs) stab yourself or fall onto some bullets? Yes, indeed. No, no, mate. Police interviewed over a hundred suspects. All were released without charge. Without further motive or further evidence, the case drags on and on and on. The skulls of the family, which were still in Munich, are examined by clairvoyance in the hope of discovering some metaphysical clues. Of course. Sadly, the skulls do not speak and no further evidence is is forthcoming. The farm is demolished the following year. And while tearing the house down, workers discover a mattock hidden in the (gasps) attic rafters. But it was too little, too late. Too late. The trail had gone entirely cold. The case was finally closed in 1955, when the last officer responsible for the case retired. All evidence that had been gathered was lost over time, or had become so fragile and unstable to be unusable. Even the the skulls, the family's heads in Munich, were lost during the oh, Second World War, course, they, yeah. the, the chaos after the Second World War, they were, they were, they went, and no one has ever known what happened to them. In 2007, Ooh. the Furstenfeldbruck Police Academy took the Hinterkaifeck murders on as a cold case, though their investigations were incredibly hampered by the minimal evidence and the, the lack of forensic from from the time. They felt they had identified a single likely suspect. However, that suspect was long, long dead. And out of respect for the surviving family members of people related to the crime, the theory has been kept a closely guarded secret. What? Um, And we shall never know the hand behind the Hinterkaifeck farm murders. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. <gasps> Good story, Nick. <laughs> Yay! So I, I had. You were taking a lot of notes during I, that. <laughs> oh my god! I had to ask Nick for a notepad. So many notes I have drawn. Arrows I have drawn things on there. So I'd heard of Hinterkaifeck the story. Yeah. But literally only touched it going, oh, that looks good. Unsolved, multiple murder. Must look into that later. So I really didn't know any of the details on that. Oh, that is chilling. That was chilling. I don't really like that. Well, let's address the, the, the bastards in 2007 going, we have a theory, but we're not going to <laughs> we're tell you. We're not going to tell you who it was. I mean, on one hand, you could go, very noble of you. They yeah. affect the family and they shouldn't be, you know, have the repercussions of some un founded theory possibly well yeah. but also, but also think the people they're gonna, they're, the family would then get hounded by press and podcasters going <laughs> yeah, give yeah. us interviews your great 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 grandfather murdered all these people so understandable that they kept it under wraps I suppose but but but, but. 2007 is like we have wasted so much of our university's <laughs> money all of this is that we had a suspect but we shall not reveal him for it will be mean to the family yeah. oh bollocks you had nothing well. you had nothing <laughs> I think it was was probably done as more of a because it was from the police academy so it's probably done more of a an exercise for young officers or something like that they chose to do this investigation as i say as a cold case but people please do chime in but that seems a little bit convenient to go we've completely cracked this case but we're not going to tell you any means or hows or whys or who it was but we definitely did it yeah oh i did that last week solved the jfk assassination but can't tell you for fear of reprisal for the family bollocks to them bollocks to them (laughs) they owe us a name 
Um, sorry, Sinead has spoken very I, angrily well, about yeah, the subject. This, this, all these stories. I mean, yeah, I've taken so many notes down. I've, again, I've got these huge arrows across the thing. It's a chilling, chilling tale. Why were these people killed? But I'm going to go with why the smoke? Why was the fire tended? Why were the animals fed? Someone stayed there Someone and made stayed sure. There. And made sure that the animals were looked after and they had themselves a very nice time. Was it literally a wandering vagrant who happened past the farm? They needed somewhere to stay for a few days. It was, mm. I don't know if it was particularly cold or whatever. And as soon as they they're on that Monday, they mm. heard the engineer rattling around the place and they scarpered. Yes. If he hadn't been there, would he have stayed? Would they have stayed longer? I'm going to chance my own. Out of the way, no one's going to bother me. Out of the me. way, no one's going to bother me. No one's going to so. disturb my new little life I've had. My new little life that I've carved out yeah. for myself literally by killing everyone. But then they hear someone and think, oh God. Yeah, and then I, move I, on. I move and on. that's it. And it's as random as yeah. that. The, the only thing I was thinking was, was Lorenz. If he's the neighbour, he has closer access to the farm. If no one comes to visit them that much, or if they're on the outskirts of society, people are used to them keeping themselves to themselves, you can leave enough time between the deaths and their discovery. If you go in each day and you light the fires and you tend to the animals, you're, you're just sort of pushing a suspicion away from yourself. Maybe, maybe so. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, but I'm just, thinking... just set up as sort of make sure that no one comes knocking too soon because you're probably thinking if I give it four or five days, it's enough time for maybe some of the evidence to be destroyed and be absolutely sure. It's a theory. I just I don't... yeah. I mean, it's 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 potential. We got a thing that also. I mean, Lorenz, he was the one who offered Andreas a gun to begin with to, well, to protect he says, his family. He says, isn't it convenient if he says, oh yeah, Andreas told me mm. there was a guy creeping around around the farm and he found footprints and i offered him a gun i mean that's the, that account has come from lorenz yeah but then why just leave the bodies there yes why why, why not kill just the bury them entire family them, do it especially if you you've done it out of you you have a wife at home um of who you obviously have some feelings for some <laughs> <laughs> whatever but even if you did it because victoria was the woman you loved and you believe that Joseph was your son, mm. um, and the death of your your other son, your second son, has caused this rage and upset and things that you want to take your anger and your out on someone, and you chose Andreas as that person to then go and murder the whole murder family. the whole family, um, especially the person, the the, the two year old who you think your is your son. Well, uh, I find I don't, that very unlikely. That I don't buy. That I don't buy. I don't buy the that version of the events because exactly as you said you can understand a frenzied attack but then why kill the objects of your affection yeah unless i just wrote down land unless i mean unless there was some other rivalry that that was not brought up the police are trying to find all these romantic links and obviously there's this which we'll come to this past court case of incest so everything's about relations and familial and inappropriate familiar relations I, I, I don't know i'm just surmising but could it just be about land possession like i mean if- potentially as far as i know say so that the, the farmhouse was was torn down the year the year after and actually there's there's a yeah. you can see a picture there's actually like a, a yes. monument to the to the to the family that's there at the moment so and that's just an open pasture so as far as i'm aware well it didn't work out no one was able to buy the property or no. anything like that well or i expand. think if, you're, if you've been brought under suspicion by the police then you're not going to get hold of it really so, but unless there was some other feud maybe so if then I mean, obviously there was there was a, a disagreement because andreas had refused to 
let him marry his daughter. So there yeah. was going to be a, an, an animosity, no doubt, between them there. Unless um, he found out. Oh, God, here we go down the rabbit hole. Unless Lorenz found out Victoria and her father were having this relationship and that the son was, was actually was a not, product it was, of incest. Yeah, was not it was Lorenz's. not his. It was, and he's yeah. so disgusted and he's so furious that he murders the entire family mm-hmm. and maybe the maid is protecting the son and the maid was asleep. found a bed they, they, they in, in her, their separate rooms um but yes but potentially no, no witnesses no no, witnesses. no absolutely no no witnesses at all so he's probably the the most logical suspect yeah i, guess. No, I don't know but i'm i'm more leaning towards just the random person who comes by obviously we we can't discount ghosts we can't discount ghosts we absolutely. can't discount satan um, no. Who's living on the farm? I mean, okay, I'm going to put in here that there are a number of other sort of witness statements and things that I haven't covered because it would take take too long to cover everything. Yes. But there are people who claimed on a deathbed that, oh, it was my brother and stuff like that, and which the police have generally discounted and things. So there are a number of other suspects who were mentioned, but the police discounted them. So I haven't covered those people. But my point is about, yes, obviously ghosts, it was haunted. Yeah, ghosts and evil spirits. But this isn't the only case that has existed and people people have recounted of someone living secretly in someone's house for six months and creeping around and even in modern times where you've got i think it was covered in radio rental one of the episodes i feel like real life ghost stories actually covered it once Uh, cases of people recounting that there was a ghost in their house and they felt this awful presence of being watched footsteps things moving around and it turned out someone was living in their Mm -hmm. attic creeping through their house at night and maybe that had happened. Maybe a vagrant was there and the vagrant lost it and was discovered and decided to, yeah. no, you're going to kick me out of the home. I'll just kill all of you because if you're crazy enough then, to then, secretly then, live in a yeah, house. Yeah, if you're crazy enough to live in a house uh, and for six months, then you probably can't say, oh, this is my house. Mm. If, you're, <laughs> if, you're, if you're of that mindset, then well, I'm, gonna ki- I'm killing these intruders in my, in my house. I mean, that's, that's, that's far creepier, but it's possible. It's possible. Absolutely. It's possible. There are many, many... Po- that, I, that is most certainly the most disturbing option out of all of them, is mm. that there's just some random person has been living in your attic for six months, watching <sighs> you as you sleep, eating your food, coming out at night and sneaking around the place. Um, it was then- a crazy egg lady. It was the crazy egg. She was in there cooking. She knew where the eggs were. She knew where everything was, weirdly. (laughs) And she was just pulling suitcases out going, nothing to see here. But a horrific series of murders. And yeah, and and also don't don't act like Victoria or Andreas did it. The idea that these were self-inflicted injuries is is pretty pretty mental. That's desperately clutching at straws. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, did they walk out to that barn or were they lured? Or were they led? chilling well we will never know know. but what do you think people a very famous unsolved murder one that has been requested by some of our fans so what do you think do you have theories which side do you stand on for for any of the theories that have come out do you think it was a member of the family do you think it was just completely random do you think someone's living in the attic do you think Lorenz has things to answer do you think the dead lover from the war came back he didn't <laughs> he perhaps he was the ghost maybe he was the ghost oh my he god was, he was the ghost he was the ghost we've solved it they lived on a farm why didn't he have a gun again Lorenz saying oh I offered to lend him a gun why didn't he have a gun don't know he, he's surrounded by farm animals and he has to hunt and he has to, he, he would have had a gun. That guy's lying. Well, 
It's Lorenz, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so Nate has solved it. But tell us what you think. Do you know more of the story that you want to share with us? Oh, it's a chilling one. We would love to hear your theories. And for a deeply disturbing and gruesome <laughs> tale, what a delightful cocktail. Well, absolutely. <laughs> that was lovely. <laughs> it was delicious. The Black Forest Sour. Man, oh man, that's got to get into the repertoire every single week. <laughs> Who would have thought Jaeger would lead to such beauty? Who would have thought? Make sure that you mix up a Black Forest Sour this weekend and for the rest of your lives as well. Every day, forever. The recipe will be out on Friday. Tag us in your cocktail pictures. Whatever you're drinking, please tag us in them. We love to share them. Tag us when you're listening to the episode so we can share it on social media. And make sure you come and join us on Patreon. Listen to our Q&A. Listen to our other stories. Tell your friends. Don't forget we have some merch on Teespring, I believe it is. But if you have any ideas for new things you would like to see, any alternatives, any alternative slogans, things we say that have caught your imagination, do let us know we are more than happy to look at some alternative items and get new stuff up there thanks for listening guys we have been the people inside the poisoner's cabinet we will see you next week and remember your loved ones are trying to kill you bye bye